0: House of Run podcast. What you, did he do you into these days? Mostly running, Alan. Huh? Running. Running down, running down. Coming on, Bill! coming on.
1: Oh. Oh. I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got B by a zebra. Starts now. It's the House of Run podcast. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Jason Halpin. At gmail.com is our email address. If you'd like to write in, busy show on tap for today. We're going to talk about the New York Grand Prix, NCAA Championships, the Rome Diamond League, a new world leader in the men's 800. Maybe previous... 145? <laughs>
0: sorry, sorry.
1: And maybe, maybe talk about some Diamond Leagues, although by the time this is posted, we might already be one Diamond League deep and... We're in a weird area of Diamond League, because we might be too close to one, but too far away from the other, because Mm. as we're recording, I don't know if we have start lists for the other Diamond League, the one in Paris. We do not. Okay. Unless
0: they've been posted since I looked uh, two hours ago.
1: But we do have a Diamond League song, a new Diamond League song sent in by Scooter. That's right. Which we will make I have not listened to yet, but I'm excited. We may not do any Diamond League coverage, but instead, well, we will recap Rome. But instead of previews, we might just go out and play the Diamond League song for 10 minutes.
0: I mean, that sounds good. Yeah, we could probably throw out a couple things with Oslo. And uh, we've, got, we've got, like, I, I put down the people who are on the posters. Um,
1: oh, for Paris? That's,
0: yeah, for Paris. So that's what I got. Let's you know, just do that now
1: because if people listen to the podcast in chunks, yeah, which I know you do that with podcasts. Like, give me your people on the poster in Paris and then give me your Oslo stuff. Your
0: best. That sounds stuff. fair. I mean, do we do we just start? Do we start off with the song?
1: Oh, you want to do the new song? Yeah. Are we just coming in hot. Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah. This is our show, right? Corporate yeah. can't tell us what to do. Uh, so we got a new song from Scooter, aka Scooter, doing an impersonation of Will Ferrell, doing an impersonation of Robert Goulet. <laughs> uh, you know, new people to the show. If you're a new, new listener, not sure. We've had that Diamond League song for a really long time. He has an updated version because some of the references were no longer current so let's hear it this is the updated diamond league song for for 2022 unless there's an outpouring of hey just do the old one even though it may not make sense all the time
0: yeah i mean the old one had an incredibly high bar but you know i know scooter and i mean i I know he's going to deliver but well yeah i guess we'll just have to see what the what the feedback is
1: yeah all right let's let's cue this up and then we can uh do a quick preview of the two Diamond League mates. Here we go. Hey, gang.
0: Not to get ahead of ourselves here. Hands washed, fingers crossed. But coming out of this pandemic, we're stepping into a different world, which means we're running into a different Diamond League. I thought maybe that meant it was time to update our diamond league theme song all right here goes nothing another diamond league me wait that's not it ah right, here we go but they kept the five thousand. What was that weird thing they did with field events? Got MEC Sports Gold to watch live. Bummer, cause it doesn't work most of the time. Fantasy League, is that still a thing? I'd probably only remember three meets of 14. Every 200 has Aaron Brown, even though you couldn't pick him out of a crowd. This
1: is
0: the Diamond League.
1: Still got it.
0: I couldn't hear one of the lyrics. I I did miss something. I think early-ish in the song. Um, You know, I'm trying to focus. It's but it's. I mean, it was fantastic as usual. Um, But yeah, I I think I I, I might have missed a lyric or two as well. I'll have to. I'll have to listen closely.
1: All right, you gotta send us this or submit it on. Can you submit it on Song Genius? Is that what it's called now? Rap Genius, I don't remember, <laughs> with all the lyrics and the explanations on them.
0: <laughs> Can you do a pop-up video, Scooter? If you could send us that, it'd be great. Pop-up
1: video. <laughs> that was like Where in the World is Carmen San Diego voiced. Yeah, oh,
0: that's that. good, yeah. Yeah, the uh, rock yeah, a up,
1: Yeah, All right, great job. All right, who's on the poster, Jace?
0: All right, so for Paris' poster, we got Shelley and Frazier-Price. Mm, that'd be cool. Shawnee Miller-Weibo. Great. Andre DeGrasse. Mm-hmm. It's getting closer to championship time. He's got to start doing something. Um, Talu, Steven Gardner, and Devin Allen, who became an A-lister. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, I mean, that happened quick. Because, like, Devin Allen, you know, hey, really, really, really good guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, would b- likely finish, you know, top, well, top four in any field because he did that at the Olympics. But, like, you know, he's, he's a, he's a top-level guy. But yeah. then this weekend, everything changed with him.
1: Well, he's on the Oslo start list, too. Yes, he is. So he ran in New York. Some people are like, I'm good after New York. I'm just going to wait until USA's. He would be a prime candidate for that because he ran 1284 and Whew. destroyed Grant Holloway. Yeah. Best race of his life in the hurdles. Easily, yeah. And then he's going to go on a plane and race twice in Europe and then come back. That's, that's interesting to me that he would decide to do this.
0: I like it. I guess it. I could see it. But yeah, I could see both versions where it's like, hey, I just ran 1284.
1: I'm going to Europe.
0: Uh, yeah, like I, I want to keep this this thing going. You know, I'm, I'm in the groove. Let's not let's not take a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just keep this keep this moving. Um, but I wouldn't blame him. Also, if he was like, "Hey, I just ran twelve eighty four. I'm
1: I'm good, pretty good. Things are going right now. well."
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, this you know twelve eighty four, obviously third fastest time in history. You beat Grant Holloway. You know the the gold medal favorite. I guess it depends what happens. And Oslo and Paris is, like, will be the question of, like, hey, who should be favored in this? Because, mm-hmm. like, Grant Holloway has obviously been the best for a while, and I don't expect Allen to just rip off 12-8s the rest of the year. But if he's sub-13 yeah. in both of these next two races, like, Holloway hasn't done anything more impressive than that all year. So, like, that would that would be enough for me.
1: Oh, 100%. I agree. I mean, I think I would still, if I had to, when I updated the rankings, I think I would put... Holloway's still number one but it's tenuous right now. Because yeah, right
0: now I think it's Holloway, but it's it's close and I think like I said, if all it takes for me is Allen runs twelve ninety eight in Oslo. Yeah. And then you good. I go, okay. Yeah, he's this is this is real.
1: Yeah. The Allen thing is it does it feel strange to you because he says, you know, before he signs the, the or says he's gonna play football again or try out for the NFL. He's like, I want to get the world record. I want to get the gold medal. Then I'm going to go to football. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, okay, that's awesome. And I'm glad that you put that out there. Very confident. But I'm assuming that was his goal the whole time, like every year, right? (laughs) Right. Whether it was Olympics or World Championships. So he says it there, and it gets picked up more just because he's leaving, for at least in the short term, correct? So, so people pay more attention to it. Okay, I'm going to do these two things, and then I'm going to go to football. And then he runs this race, smashes his PR, and then afterwards gets asked, and it's like, I think the question was something along the lines of, were you surprised? And if you asked every track fan or anybody who's followed track, quite, their answer would have been some variation of yes. Yep. And he's like, I thought I was going to get the world record today. And it's just the level of confidence that he has <laughs> – He's yeah. insane, and I don't really know where it comes from. Again, I know all athletes are confident, but he's confident about breaking the world record, which before this season he was two-tenths away from, and he's confident about beating a guy who is run one-one-hundredth of a time off of that world record. I just don't know. He's running – I'll put this in dis- high school distance running terms because that's the best uh, orientation for us. Yeah. It's like a a kid coming back after his fr- freshman year who barely ran, like, ba- well, wasn't good, and then just logged a ton of miles. And then, but everybody still thinks they were the other runner, the, the, the freshman year runner. And they're yeah. super confident. And the, the reason they're confident is they're like, oh yeah, I did three months of 65 mile weeks. And none o- no one else here did. So I'm going to be just better than everybody. That's just like, the, the vi- Like, did we miss something? Like, how, how did he make such a big leap? It's, cr- it's really fun, and it makes this event super interesting. And the football part of it, of course, adds a level of, I would say, immediacy to it or a little bit of urgency because you think, all right, this is, the, this is his time to do it. But I'm just still taken aback by how quickly all this changed, and now he's headlining meets and he's a 12-8 guy.
0: Yeah, I think it's a fair, fair question. Also, I mean, like... You know, we talked about it. He said, yeah, I want to set the world record and get the gold medal. And, I, and my, I mean, my honest response to that was, yeah, great. We all want that. But, like, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was just straightforward. Did not think there was a chance in hell <laughs> that he could do either, to be honest. I was like, hey, best case scenario, he's, like, a silver medalist. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a... And that's, you know, that's not crazy, but that's possible. Yeah. um, Just didn't think anything more than that was on the table. Um, I... You know, This year, he had run five other 110 hurdle races and ran 13-3, 13-1, 13-1, 13-2, 13-1. Great times. That seems a lot like the Devin Allen that we know, though,
1: right? Yeah, the consistency was really good. It was, I don't have his page up in front of me, but I would think that's faster on the aggregate this early in the year than other years. But if you told me back in 16, this is what Allen would be doing in 22, I'd say okay that makes sense
0: but yes yeah no yeah. it is i mean it is a little better but like you know so last year if we go you know in may on he was 13-2 13-4 13-2 13-2 13-2, 13-2 13-3 mm-hmm. 13-3 and then the trials okay. 13-2 13-1 13-1 so like slightly better but mm-hmm. not not like a massive jump right like, i don't think it's like oh well you know he's a, he's a different guy mm-hmm and I don't know if he did something completely different this year compared to last. Like, if it's, um, yeah, I have, I have no idea. He seems to be
1: running less because he's doing football at the same yeah. time.
0: And so, like, and, and you know, I, I, I don't think you can fluke your way to a 1284. But I'm also curious, like I said, just to see what the follow up. Like, does he go 1311 and 1309 in the next two races? Mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't know like that's the, and that's like the big question is just, and like I said, either way, he's got 1284. So like the ceiling is Mm -hmm. as high as anybody, you know, Grant Holloway and him are within, you know, three 100s or whatever. So there's really no massive difference there. Obviously Holloway has a a better track record. Um, but yeah, I think this is the the thing and it's obviously he's not short in confidence. That's never been the case. Um, but this, Mm -hmm. as of right now, this one race is a massive outlier. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying that he's not this guy, but I just you know we need to see a little more of it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just the fact they did it once, though.
0: <laughs> is, oh no, absolutely. Hey, I didn't think this, I didn't think he could run twelve before. Like, no, just bottom line, did not think that was possible for him. And it, I was, I
1: mean, I was wrong. Like he ran twelve ninety nine last year. That was, and that was the that was the PR. That yeah. was the move. I mean, he had what? What was his next best time before that? It was o three, but that was way back in sixteen. So, again, I, the time makes sense of when he first came on the scene. If someone said, Hey, Devin Allen, when he's 27 years old, he's going to be, or by the time he's 27, he's going to be running the 12 8s. But all right, that's, that sounds about right. But there's a lot of but at years. At the same time, there's like how many guys have run 12 8? Like it's a, it's a short list. Yeah, but he, he was amazing at a super young age, right? For sure. I mean, yeah, 20, no, absolutely. Twenty was it? Twenty fourteen when he won USA's and he was just still real early in his college career at that point. Like he was a huge talent, and then you know injuries obviously because of football, and then I think there was some track injury stuff as well too, derailed him. But yeah, I'm looking at twenty fourteen. He that was the year he won USA's thirteen sixteen.
0: I think yeah, he was nineteen years old. Yeah, yeah,
1: and he that was a. I mean, it's a non-championship year, but I remember that was pretty good field. And to win a U.S. high hurdle race, national championship, is, is re- really hard to do. So maybe part of it's just the accumulation of years of, I mean, he, he never got to train fully with no injuries. What I'm saying is, if you want to have a healthy period in your track career, play football at the same time because there's never <laughs> any injuries in that sport.
0: I think that's uh, I think that's that's logical for sure. Um, yeah, I mean the way he ended last year, he was really really good. Obviously, he finished fourth in yep. in Tokyo, you know, thirteen fourteen. Then runs thirteen fourteen again, thirteen oh seven, thirteen oh eight, then thirteen three, thirteen oh six, thirteen ten. And his last race of the year, twelve ninety nine. So like he was on, he was on a really good roll, running you know, yeah. running the best he has in his career, for sure. Um, and yeah, so this year he's off to an above average start for him. So, I, I, yeah, I'm just – I'm definitely surprised. Um, I did not think – like I said, I just didn't think 12 four was on the table. But, like, man, if, if the dude literally called it, I want to set the world record and get the gold medal and then go to football and then he does it, I will be – that would be one of the great calls yeah. of all time.
1: Yeah, it will be so out of nowhere and then look like a complete genius and then you just would scratch your head about it. He's the – I'm looking at the Paris start list. Or, sorry, the I don't have access to that. I'm looking at the Oslo start list. He's – is that the most interesting race?
0: <sighs> yeah, he that's... Might, he's
1: like the mo- in in track right now, given given those fields, I think it's it's him. Now part of it's because some of the big names aren't running because of how close it is to the national championships. But is in the race, but I feel like I know what Inger Breton's gonna do. It'll yeah, if, be...
0: if Inger Britson loses to Oliver Hoare or, or Katir or whatever, that would be surprising, but that's probably not happening. Right? Yeah, and but And there's I a think really it... good women's five K. But like you're right the the follow up here is the most intriguing thing for sure cuz it's just like yeah. hey what what the hell
1: like this is this is just a total wild card. If he runs sub 13 off of jet lag yeah after a 128 I am willing to give him the gold medal now.
0: <laughs> I mean he's definitely the favorite at that point cuz and you know um Holloway just he's been good but he hasn't he hasn't been unbeatable obviously he just got beat um so it's not like you know if he if he was just continually just ripping off you know you keep you keep calling him setting the world record and it, he he's got real close obviously um it's just like he hasn't looked completely unbeatable right he was mm-hmm. a step above everybody else because he was the only guy you'd feel really confident could run sub 13 yeah at any you know at any given moment um and he ran 13 in that race that's pretty good for his but- second
1: yeah, total race of the season. You know, outdoor race of the season. I'm just trying to think. So he was the. Do you think fourth was the appropriate place for him last year, given his season at, at the Olympics? Like, do you think that matched up? I mean, he, he ended yeah, with 12.99. I mean, he he got hot after. He did, yeah. So going into
0: that, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, you could say like, hey, he has a chance at a medal. But I, I think saying, oh, he should have been a medalist, would have been. I mean, his best time was thirteen ten last year
1: yeah so four is on the optimistic side i'm trying to think of other people who got fourth at the olympics what our reaction would have been if they said coming into the year i'm gonna get the gold and break the world record
0: yeah i mean (laughs) that's i mean yeah no you're absolutely right like there's no like i said when he said it it was just like oh that's something great at you know and he's a he's a great athlete obviously but that's just some something people say and you just go well you know you have to be that at least a little delusional yeah to think Um, you know, just to think that way, because you're, you're great. So like going in, I'm looking at like just the performances from last year, um, like going into worlds or going into the Olympics, excuse me. Um, so obviously Holloway was, you know, far and away the best. Uh, but then Omar McLeod had run 13.01. Hansel had run 13.03. Um, McLeod had run another time faster, so yeah. McLeod was definitely better. Hansel was definitely better. I think fourth fits. Fourth, yeah, fourth. Honestly, like I mean, if you look at it, you know, Ronald Levy he beat him. Uh, he had a couple faster times. So, like, yeah, he he was right in that
1: four-five range. It looks like by all accounts. So Simbine um, was fourth in the Olympic hundred. Knighton was fourth in the Olympic two hundred. What if Knighton said, uh, "I'm coming and out." With him, you're like he's. Yeah. 13
0: years old. Like, there's a chance this happens.
1: Michael Cherry. He's like, listen, I'm going to get the gold medal. I'm going to break 4303. 800.
0: Michael Cherry gets better by one tenth every year for, the, like, the last 10 years. So, like, he's 20 years from now, he's going to do it.
1: Peter Bowl in the eight. Listen, Rhodesia was good, but now I'm here. <laughs> this is a very fun game. 1,500. Abel Kipsang. Hey, actually, Abel Kipsang probably yeah, Believe that. <laughs> Let's go 5,000 on the men's side. Uh, Nicholas Camelli. Well, he just ran twelve. Maybe there is something to this fourth place thing. <laughs> Four hurdles. Who, who ended and it also get? like being, you know, he's twenty seven or whatever. Like
0: that's that's like a good prime age still. But it's not like he's not that. He's not super young. He's not super old either. But like it's it, there's yeah. no reason to expect that he was going to make this massive jump. But maybe he did. Like that's that's the thing. It might have just happened.
1: Yeah, I think we we should have had at the. I just, I I just think it's incredible. Like looking at the, uh, just putting it in another perspective. It's like Chiron McMaster in the minute hurdles. Listen, guys, I'm going out there, I'm gonna take care of business. I'm gonna get this gold medal. Who got who got fourth in the women's hundred? Let's see. I'm doing this one more time. Talu. Yeah, she's gonna run. She's going 10.4 this year. Yeah. Oh man. Women's fifteen. Hilou, three fifty seven. Alright. So Oslo, that's the headline as we said. Dream Mile will be good with Jakob. You said the women's five, Gede, Segay, etc. Ayana's back, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's welcome, that's welcome always back. interesting for sure. Women's eight, Keely, Natoya Grimm. Yeah, Keely's
0: again we can't get you know, we we can't get mowing keely that that's the matchup we all want but there's another there's a deep women's eight that hoskinson should win you know Mm -hmm. because that's that's who she is now um who's been struggling a little bit too so i'm just kind of i mean she's on the eight which isn't you know if she finishes fourth there no big deal but she lost i think she finished third this past week Mm -hmm. um again so it's yeah she hasn't quite been as sharp so i guess that'll be that'll be
1: interesting what did you think about a thing mo's time in rome
0: yeah, she looks okay. She looks she looks good. <laughs> um, she looks totally back to normal. Uh, Not time to panic. No, nah, I, I mean I'm less worried. Yeah, you won. won, won what you know, she won by a second and a half. Uh, the field was whatever. You know, a couple, a lot of actually names here that you'll see Keely go up against. But when you won 157-0 by yourself, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she she looks just how we want her to look.
1: I think. That race was obviously significant. But I think the biggest results were the, that that meant five and then Shereka Jackson beating Thompson a rock.
0: Yeah. Shereka Jackson, who, like, I mean, just has kind of just been nothing but phenomenal for a year and a half. Um, 21-9, like, completely dominated that 200. Um, Thompson, 20, you know, 22-2. I mean, we talked about it. Asher Smith, Miloebo, Tolu, Kambungi, Felix. Like, yeah. It was a pretty loaded field, and Jackson just completely dominated it. Um, and Thompson just not, you know, she hasn't been, had been bad this year by any means. She looks But flat. She also, she's she not a flat. world beater right now.
1: Well, I think she's a world beater in the 100. Well, actually.
0: And I say, I don't know. Shelly and Frazier Price, like. Yeah. You know, and it's, she could obviously still get there. But, I mean, she's also coming off, you know, the best season ever. Yeah. Um. So it's not, you know, surprising that maybe she won't live up to what she did last year. But like, yeah, yeah, I'm still kinda waiting to see. Could she you know well, just have like a – is she going, you know, is she gonna run I mean for her, if you go in and you're like, hey, she's gonna run, you know, high ten sixes, that's mm-hmm. nothing like that seems like the the floor for her, right? <laughs> like it, it did going into the season.
1: Yeah. I think we forget that she got beat last year by Jackson at the trials and had, yeah. had losses throughout the year. It was really that second half of the year. I mean, she even lost to Fraser Price in the 100 post Olympics in Lausanne, remember? So
0: Yeah, and losing to Fraser Price is obviously zero shame in that whatsoever.
1: Yeah, um, I think. But
0: yeah, it's fair. Let's see. Actually, I'm looking at last year. She had some losses. She did. Um, so her best time, let's see. So like end of June. Yeah, she, had, she was coming off, you know, third place in Jamaica, 1084. Mm. Before, 1082 before that, 1096, 1087, 1092. She ran 1078 with a plus 1.8 in Claremont, which I think mm. translates to like 1230 or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's, I would have thought, oh, she definitely ripped off some real fast times, but then it was mm. July 6th, she runs 1071. Yeah. Wow, I'm really just surprised. Yeah, and then it wasn't until the Tokyo final. It's 10:61, then 10:54, 10:64, 10:72, 10:65. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe she's just winding up, and she's in the exact same spot she should be. Like that—that's totally, uh, totally possible. Because even 200s as well, she didn't mm-hmm. go sub 22 until the semis at, yeah. uh, at Tokyo.
1: Second half of the season, Elaine is like game six clay. Is I guess so. Yeah, I, I am. Doesn't matter.
0: Man, I wish I would have looked at this earlier. Because I, let's I, say, not like I was worried. About Thompson, but I was just like, "Oh, you know, she's not quite going to have the season that she did last year," which is whatever what 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 makes sense. Um, But that's obviously not a foregone conclusion because she looks like she's exactly where she was last year.
1: But there's also the competing factor of her during World Championship years. Not that there's anything magical about a World Championship year versus an Olympic year. That should there shouldn't be a distinction. Shouldn't? But but yeah, it is a thing. Nineteen and seventeen, correct? Didn't go well. No. Fifteen went well. But 19 and 17 went well. Although 15, she still lost, but I don't really count that because she ran insanely fast and lost to Daphne Shippers. But, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, still the most insane thing is that she has four individual Olympic gold medals and zero gold world championship medals. <laughs> and only one silver and no bronze. Like, yeah, it's that's the silver. weirdest that's- thing ever.
1: You know my idea for two golds? It would have been given out that year in 2015 in that 200. It was that fast.
0: Yes. No, that's that's absolutely fair. And like you said, she was great that year, so that's not her fault. But, like, the fact that she double golded and in between those Olympics had zero medals. I feel like that doesn't happen very often. Maybe I'm crazy.
1: Yeah. I just – the whole thinking of, oh, hey, there's something different. Like, there shouldn't be anything different about world championships. The meet is run at roughly the same point in the season – the no, and I th- I think is, it's
0: mainly just random luck yeah. and happenstance,
1: yeah. But you're right. Yeah, fif- 15. I mean 15 and 16 I think were good for her. That's the way I look at it more cuz I don't think 15 was bad in any stretch of the imagination running that fast in the 200. She just wasn't ready to be a world beater yet. So I look at it chunked as like 15 and 16 were awesome, then 17 all the way to Tokyo basically were not. Yeah. Um when it came Yeah, from.
0: partial injuries and random stuff here and there.
1: What's um, her what was her time? Do you have her like her Tila page up? Yeah. Can you read me season best in the 100 from 17, 18, 19 and 20? Yes. 17 1071,
0: 18 1093, 19 1073, 20 1073 wind. So pretty consistent, she just didn't have it at yeah, twenty eighteen was, was a pretty clear down as ten ninety three. Well, I don't care. Was her that. best yeah. one, but um, yeah, I mean, even looking at twenty fifteen here, yeah, she wasn't, you know, by her standards, she wasn't really great. Um, like she, I mean, obviously the twenty one six was insanely good, but mm-hmm. like her hundreds, you know. 11-10, 10-9, 10-9, 11-1, 11 10-9, 11, 1, 11, 0, 10, 9, 11 0. Yeah. Like, totally fine. um, And really, she... Injuries. it was she, Yeah, like she runs at 21-6 in 2015, but then, I mean, literally, her second best time was 22-13. So it was like she had one massive performance mm-hmm. in 2015, but outside of that, she wasn't, for her, like I said, by her
1: standards, wasn't great. But I'm I'm looking at 17. She was undefeated, basically, in the 100 until the World Championships, and then undefeated after. 200, she,
0: well, she got third in pre. Yeah, that but, was weird. That was definitely weird when she. Yeah,
1: 17, 7 I'm look, 19. I feel like she didn't run that much. She had third in Shanghai. Again, though, a lot of wins. And then fourth in Doha. I mean, I have to go back and check and compare to everybody else. I feel like she was the favorite both times in 17 and in 19.
0: Yeah, at the very least, it was in the, she in was, the, in the 100. 200, it, a little it, different. Yeah, maybe Shelly and Fraser Price was favored, but outside of that, like, yeah.
1: So to reiterate, Jason's panicking about <laughs> Ra. Um,
0: Less concerned that I was. Like I wasn't really concerned, but just seeing the her history. I, I'm like, okay, this is fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, fast men's five thousand. You had some some guys climb the all time list there um, of of Kenya, and and of the world, I guess. Yeah. Um, Kameli and Crop forty six. in a race where Kajelka once Kajelka is so good at getting third in in the fastest races. Yes. Yes. It's incredible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, this is, and this is a loaded field. I mean, you already mentioned some of the names. Borrega. Mohamed was fifth running 12.55. Yet eight guys sub 13. Um, these races are fun. (laughs) Like there's usually one of these a year. Mm hmm. And I always enjoy it. Like it's, I, I, you know, I know it's. I don't expect every five thousand to be this way. I'm not saying every five thousand sh- should even be this way, but like, yeah, when you can get like eight dudes going sub thirteen, and it's just like, and then you know, multiple guys twelve forty six. Like that's that's just awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. like it's. I'm like, oh man, if the five thousand was like this all the time, this would be so insane. Mm-hmm.
1: And as one of my favorite stats, Kenya hasn't won a men's medal since '15. Insane. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, in Completely fun. insane. Yeah. All right. What else? Um.
0: Oh, Lyles. I mean... Your guy. Man, he looks... It's... I, okay. I'm Officially, Lyles is back to where he was. That's well, I feel like hold on. What we're at.
1: Do we have a sound to play? Do we have a drop for that?
0: Yeah, we need one. Is there a Lyles sound? <laughs> it's... I don't know. It's everything about it. His vibe. Like, the way he's acting... But then, obviously, mm-hmm. the way he's running is much more important. But like, he just looks like Noah Lyles again, right? Do you, do like, you like the celebration? I love the celebration. I love everything about this. Everything.
1: It so was. He, he puts the the fake phone. You know, his hand up to his his face, like he's talking on the phone. Yeah. And what did he say? Was it fast? That's fast. Yeah, yep, that, that's that fast.
0: What? It's official. That's fast. Or something <laughs> that's... like that.
1: I really like that. And it's
0: just like, ugh, man, it's so much. A, it's such a more fun sport when Noah Lyles is running like this. Yeah, and and now you know you go, hey, Knighton still runs the twelve, the you know the nineteen four, and that's looming over the two hundred. Mm-hmm. But like, obviously, we haven't seen Knighton run the two hundred a lot. Like he's run a few hundreds. Yeah. Um, yeah. and now I'm just salivating over the possibility, You know, when these two finally square off at USA's. Um. I can't wait. Like, this could is, this is be so good. This could be just incredible. How
1: does it change your viewpoint of who's number one?
0: 1249 is so scary. It's literally the only 200 he's run.
1: 1949. I think we were you're talking about, about the wind the adjusted. No, you're talking about wind adjusted Claremont. 100%. Yes, that's right. Um, so,
0: yeah, he ran 1949. He, like I said, he's only run hundreds since then. And only, well, he only ran 100 since then. Wow. Uh, weird that he hasn't run more. Yeah. Because he, like I said, he ran 1949 on April 30th. Mm-hmm. Well, basically a month later. He
1: yeah, he 10, scratched a afraid, bunch. He scratched a bunch. And he times.
0: scratched. So that's where the concern comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so right now, it's with Lyles, you know, hey, okay, he did the 197. Now he did 196. Um, You know, I still think it looks like Knighton can get, can get to a place maybe that Lyles can't at this point. But... Hmm. Uh, if you force me to pick right now, I don't know, I might le- lean Lyles. It just seems like a safer bet.
1: I'd agree with that. I'll, I mean, I, I think I'm still going to have
0: 9-1. Yeah, I mean, I just need to... I, obviously, just, he just needs to run. Like, Yeah, that's he, that's all well, he I ran need, a pre, you
1: know? and he ran a pre and didn't run that well.
0: Yeah, and it was the 100, which I'm like, okay, fine, he's not a 100 guy. Like, I'm willing to do that in my head. Yeah. Um, Which, obviously, I mean, if, if you're a 19-4 guy, you should... Presumably be able to run faster than 10 yeah. 1. Um just math wise. Um
1: <laughs> Good job.
0: But uh yeah, it's it's you know, it's just when you don't see someone run for a while, it's just like, okay, that that was really cool. Yeah. Um, that was April. Like, I just want to see you run again. That's all.
1: My thinking has been, I think I've said it on this show, I think 1949 is gonna be the world lead at the end of the season. So I don't think And I need, think
0: that's a safe
1: bet. I don't think he needs To do that. And I think where Lyles could get into some trouble is just thinking that that's what is required and just overdoing it. But he seems to be in a good spot. And the confidence is there. I mean, the last hundred just looked, man, real good.
0: And like that that acceleration was just like, yeah, you're right. It, It just looked amazing. I mean, it was it was basically perfect conditions. Um,
1: yeah, and he took advantage. He yeah, took advantage.
0: yeah. I, no, I, hey, 1961, it was legal, but like it was, you know, it was borderline perfect. So I do feel like you know you get them both in the right race. I yeah. I agree with you. 194 seems you know unlikely, but like it's probably going to take 195 to to win or low 196 at the very least. Um, yeah. assuming good conditions like that.
1: I think the alternate universe where Lyles win, won last year at the Olympics. And then was pressed by Knighton this year. In a way, I think he's going to be better because he lost last year. Does that make sense?
0: I could see that. Yeah, I mean he's he's still like yeah he's it's not he's not the def- you know I mean he's defending a world championship title I guess it's not it's inevitable not, and it felt yeah inevitable. no not at all and like yeah. some people would still wouldn't have him as the favorite you know like Lyles rose to prominence as like. This unbeatable guy, yeah. because and the the event was kind of weak, but he was also incredible. And then he, you know, he has this weird thing where he kind of falls apart, and he's just looking off, yeah. And he's able to lose it, and then this even younger prodigy <laughs> comes along and is like beating all of his crazy yeah. times he ran at young ages. Um,
1: but now it's flipped almost because Knighton is the one who's getting the headlines about is this person the next Bolt. And rightfully so, I think for the first time ever in the history of, yep. is this the next bolt? And Lyles has already gone through a major championship where he didn't get a gold medal. Lyles has the buy and doesn't need to worry about USA's. I still think because he's later on in his career, like the this is a more you know impressive championship for him. But I think once you get that perspective of all right, I lost and it's not the end of the world, or it, it's okay to win by one 100th of a second. As long as I win, I'm not being held up as somebody who needs to break a record every single time or scare the American. Like I just need to win. Yeah. Like if I win it doesn't really matter how I need to win, I just need to, to get the job done. Whereas I felt like last year, it was just like every race felt as if he, and we, you know, he's well documented the stuff that he was going through last year. It, it felt like you could feel the weight on his shoulders and he didn't look like he was having as much fun and he talked about that how there was yeah. some races he didn't want to run and this is more since winning isn't guaranteed it's just it, it takes feels some of the pressure off yeah exactly and then you combine that with the fact of Knighton running that well that early reframed the whole conversation reframed the expectations of of this race And I think that matters because when you're neck and neck, like one, you know, with 50 to go and you've never had somebody with you, it feels weird. And it can feel like you're screwing up. But if you're, I mean, I I think I've been watching a lot of basketball lately. If you've never been tied in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go because you've only blown teams out, you can get a little tight. Right. Right. You know, things aren't, but you need to learn how to win when the competition is, you know, right there. And it doesn't matter if you win by a tiny bit or end up running away and winning by double digits or a tenth of a second. But being used to having to have somebody there and it be a dogfight and be okay with it, I think is something that came was one positive from last year. I'm just guessing. He hadn't said this, but that's just how I feel and I'm once again betting my house. Oh, no, no, I know no, it's good.
0: Yeah, and it seems like I mean, I, I don't know, I was reading some recaps and what's He was talking about how he kind of given up on the 100. Is that?
1: He's running just the two at USAs. Yeah. So so this which, I think this is interesting cuz he doesn't need is to run. what I
0: said a couple of weeks ago and you still thought, "Oh, is going to make the 100 team."
1: I th- well, I said he was in the mix to make the 100 team. I mean, yeah, if it's... you look at where he ran in pretty, but that's fine. <clears throat> um No, and and, okay, so that's part of it too, right? Because why do you double? Well, I've already conquered this one event, right? I want to expand out. It's sort of like the record conversation. When do records get spoken about? Well, in the formula hurdles, they get spoken about all the time. But in other events, it gets spoken about in a way as a – we're upping the difficulty level. We've already beaten the first boss, right? We need to get to the final boss, which is this record. And with that comes this idea that, oh – it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to win, right? You're going to win the 200 already. You're going to get the record. So also go in the hundred. And then what happens if someone's there? What happens if in the semi, someone looks amazing and runs faster than you? How how are you going to feel in the two or in the final? And you're going to tighten up because you're like, this isn't the plan. The plan was, the plan was supposed to be me winning by a bunch and setting a record. Now there's this new person who's, what, four or five years younger than me and they're right there so i think that's part and part of it taking away the hundred i mean part of it's probably just the calculus that, that you did looking at the the realistic nature of winning that that one or not winning but qualifying for that hundred meter race but i but i also think it's just let's just simplify things yeah let's do things that we're going to be successful in and, and let's go from there what i think is interesting now this could change because these guys could all scratch, but Holloway said he's running USAs. Doesn't need to all the way through. Doesn't need to because he has to buy. Coleman, same thing. Lyle, same thing. All those guys need to do is just show up and run. Yeah. Around, But they all seem determined to run all of the rounds at USAs. And to And win
0: none of them out. are – Maybe none of them might be the favorite anymore, Like, which Cor- is crazy correct. to say. Like correct. that's, you know, uh, Coleman, he won. He didn't look great, um, even though no. he was very pumped afterwards. Um,
1: yeah, I thought that was interesting too.
0: But it's like, hey, and celebrate your victories. I'm never, never gonna be mad at someone for that. I was just a little surprised that he was like fist pumping and stuff for a 10 or a 9.91 or whatever yeah. it was. Um, he just hasn't looked great. You know, he's he seems like a real safe bet to make the team because mm-hmm. I just don't. I just well, think he's his, on the team. He's on the team. Well, no, yeah, we for the- sure. But I mean, let's say finish top three. Just because I'm like, yeah, his floor is just like, yeah. Yeah. Probably you know nine nine oh or something like that, and maybe there's maybe there's four guys who can run nine eight at the trials, mm-hmm. but unlikely. Um, but yeah, so he's you know there. We already talked about Holloway, obviously, and Lyle. So it's I'm I mean I love that they're all running, especially because mm-hmm. you know then we get these these square offs that um, are going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, I think I think Coleman being suspended and coming back maybe it's just an appreciation for every sort of win that he can get maybe that's it I don't know but and he said afterwards someone asked him about his start and everybody always well I I shouldn't say this sometimes people are like yeah my start sucked but usually they're like all right it's okay because they don't know because it probably happened so fast they have to actually go back and watch it and talk to their coach about it but his start didn't look as good to me as it has in the past and you know you got this Jamaican on the rise Akeem Blake who's Lifetime best going into this year was ten three, and now he's run nine nine twice in the past yeah. couple of weeks. Maybe maybe he just got a good start too, so it looked like it was good. But it didn't look like vintage Coleman putting the race away in the first sixty. I think Coleman is super pumped to have the buy <laughs> of Should those I? of that group. I thought I thought Lyles was going to be the one most in need of a buy, but just with the way he's running and everybody else in the two hundred is running, I think Lyles would have got top three regardless. Yes yeah coleman coleman's got more work to do and he's talked about oh coming off a season whatever i was gone for 18 months didn't race a bunch i need to get back to that there's probably some some truth to that so yeah it'll be fun that is interesting that they all could end up not being favorites actually going into the meet where they are rating world champions i guess it's three years ago though so that's that's part it's of it. It's
0: true, team. but but at the same time, you know, it's it's been a weird. Obviously, he, I mean, three years can a lot can change, but this has been even weirder than most. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, at the same time, like I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, if you're Christian Coleman, mm-hmm. like this is, I mean, racing against Curly Bramell, whoever else is you know up at the top there, but like those guys, like that, you need those kind of reps. I mean, this that's that's yeah. going to be yeah. you know uh half of the finals you know finals field mm-hmm. like it, it's 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 a test drive at to uh to a to a medal, basically and mm-hmm. you gotta see where you kind of stand there like he's be- taken off a year and, and everything else like he can't if he were to skip it i would think it would be a massive mistake mm-hmm. like it just just to kind of overestimate yourself like that like he needs to he constantly needs to measure up against everyone
1: yeah and he has the benefit of not needing to get top three. Yeah, exactly. So just yeah, go, exactly. In and so go in and do it, yeah.
0: Whatever, you don't win, you don't win. But, like, yeah, I think it would be a missed opportunity to to go like that. And I'm sure Holloway wants to beat Allen, you know. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, I, I, I have no doubt. Um, Lyles Knighton, I mean, that's – Lyles is probably, like, kind of like, hey, I want to see if I can beat this kid. And Knighton being so young, like, I just, I just feel like I can't imagine an 18-year-old being like, nah. I'm No good. big deal. <laughs> like, you know, it's like this is – it's just – those, those events are – Real the rise. Even the men's 100 has been weird this year. It's been slightly disappointing. But
1: everything else, I'm, I'm
0: really um, pumped.
1: Well, I'm interested in seeing that who gets that last spot for the men's 100. Because I think we're both confident that Curley and Bromell are going to get it. We know that Coleman's yes. on the team. But then the next two fastest guys win legal in the U.S. this year, Makai Williams, who yeah. just got what, seventh at NCAAs, even though he came in as a favorite, 986. <laughs> and Matthew Bowling, 998. Yeah who just got, what did he get, 6th or 5th at NCAAs? Um, and then you have people like Bracey and Baker and, and Bednarik, but none of them have really put out, I think Bracey no. ran, what, 10.03? That good at all. In New York, that could come around. I wouldn't count him out, obviously. Big Bracey guy over here. Um, Eli Hall's What's run. <laughs> Eli Hall's run 10 low. Kyrie King's run 9.98, but... Yeah, that spot is open and then I guess you could say the same thing on the in the 2 as well cuz Bednarik hasn't had a big one yet. He's won some he's won some diamond leagues, but uh you know, it's been Yeah, close. he hasn't
0: looked, you know, as good as I would have thought. Uh, just cuz he was he was really good last year. Like he's it was terrific. Yeah, he's I mean terrific, he, when yeah. he was he was ripping off 198s it seemed like uh pretty consistently and you know, maybe he'll he'll still do that, but mm-hmm. um yeah, it seems like there maybe this is a little low actually. Yeah, I mean looking at him Last year obviously he ran the nineteen six with a massive win. But then nineteen nine, nineteen nine, another nineteen eight, nineteen nine, nineteen seven. I mean, like well, yeah, he was consistently great. And then, you know, at at Tokyo, nineteen eight, nineteen six.
1: Look at his 19-8. season this year though, and tell me who it reminds me of who it reminds you of. Particularly his last two meets. Yeah, it looks a lot like Noah Lyles last year. No, that wasn't it. Try again.
0: <laughs> uh no, Andre de Yeah, because yeah. didn't he go
1: t- – he went 20 low twice in two Diamond Leagues and won. Yeah. Correct? Okay, I'm remembering And then right he,
0: had, he ran 10 ones twice and finished 6th and 8th.
1: Yeah, it's not – he's not – 100 is not where it's at.
0: No, no, no. Year, for right? sure. He's, he's he's a 200 guy, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. One other person I want to talk about from our event group, I want to talk about women's sprints from New York. So we had we had a lot of sc- – Not a lot of scratches, which is the average amount of scratches, I'll say, (laughs) for a pro track. piece. We thought we were going to see Gabby Thomas in there with Richardson. But ultimately, Leah Hobbs gets the win, 1083 to 1085 for Richardson. Richard came back in the two and won the two. She needed a qualifier because she said she's going to double it. USA's. So um, she didn't win the 100, but a slight improvement off of uh, what she ran at pre, where she got second there as well, too. Hobbs, that's a – PR from five years ago, which is, which is exciting. But Richardson's putting out some solid times. I'm, I'm, you know, she's falling in between the two extremes that people want to put her into either. Yeah. Like she's a non-factor. She's not going to make the team or she has no chance at meddling on one side versus surefire world record holder or surefire <laughs> gold medalist. Right. Cause that's, she has mainstream sports type fandom with people like she creates, she engenders that sort of response from people. And so you have those same sort of just completely kind of off the wall, ridiculous, hot and cold takes from people. And uh, I guess I should say hot and hotter takes from people. Yeah. But it's in the middle. It's in the middle this year. It, it appears to be. I mean, she still got more meats, um to go, but she was running faster in – last year than she is now at this time doesn't mean she can't get there eventually but she's still fast enough to make a team and i think she's still fast enough to can be in the mix and contend for a medal
0: yeah no i agree i think it's you're right it's it's not you know she hasn't been like oh she's <clears throat> fully back and she's you know with shillian fraser price and and Elaine thompson you know she's she's not there but she's clearly not falling off yeah she seems a super safe bet to make a final. She seems like she's in that group of women. Um, you know, I'd put everyone below, obviously, those two Jamaicans. But then, you know, she, she's there with Shrika Jackson, and mm-hmm. the Hobbs performance was was certainly a surprise. I <laughs> just uh, obviously did not expect that. But, like, yeah, you're ripping off 10-8s. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good sign. You know, this one was win-legal. I know she had a couple big win performances. But, like, yeah, I think she's in a good spot. And, you know, you have someone like Hobbs, but that was surprising and there's no one else in the u.s in the hundred that you're like mm-hmm. feeling you know okay they're 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 for sure the favorite like yeah i'd still pick richardson probably to win usa's in the hundred like i the would sa- she seems like the safest bet yeah
1: i would too and that event is deep though the, the it is, yeah could,
0: that's the thing is there's a lot of women who can run sub-eleven but yeah or no even sub-ten seven
1: yeah or even like 95 or 91 yeah. So as long as you can stay out of that fray, you can make the team. I think where it gets tricky is if you slip just a little bit, there's just all sorts of people. And I think the gap from third to not even making the final is going to be pretty small. I mean, there's a lot of people who could fit into that. But if she's staying in the 10, 10 eight lows, she's going to be fine. She's yeah. She's be fine. Sure. And then the same thing at worlds. And then you just put yourself in a position to win a medal. And we just got done talking about Thompson Haraz experience at the last two world championships there's no guarantee yeah in anybody here and uh obviously those would be the people to watch i think asher smith looks like she's been coming around and running pretty well too so people want it to be either crazy good or crazy bad and sometimes it's just in the middle yeah. a little bit or just i mean i think it's so good it's just not. no
0: no she's yeah no if anything this has been a good you know just where it was just kind of weird earlier and we didn't know what to think like now it's like okay yeah she's somewhere between like the third and fifth best in the world probably right now yeah that's it's not a bad spot to be yeah yeah no i i think
1: i mean i mean maybe maybe third to seventh but yeah know, yeah that's probably cr- yeah you're right That, that cr- there's a big group there um yeah that she could be a part yeah she's definitely a part of there was a good interview that her agent did at the meet. It's up on Track if you want to check it out or on FlowTrack's YouTube page. Very interesting, like a six-minute clip just about – it's Ronaldo Maya is her agent, hurdler, football player, been a track agent for a while now, just about managing expectations and her on social media and all this stuff. And I thought it was pretty interesting and not – I hadn't heard stuff like that from someone on her team before. Because there hasn't been much from them, so I th- I thought it was pretty interesting to get that perspective, and I think a lot of things start to fit into place and make a little bit more sense um, when you watch that interview. So I'd recommend people check it out if you're interested in in Richardson and her and her career. Um, all right, let's keep moving. What else? That's pretty much it from New York that I had. NCAA's how about that huh yeah how about that
0: that was i mean obviously you guys covered it even more i mean what were your your big takeaways
1: big takeaways abby Sanders really fast yeah
0: man that
1: 200 was awesome
0: and the four the four by four too like she she was so far back <laughs> she just like i mean it was yeah yeah you know i i know she's you know it's doing the 100 200 mainly but like um, i feel like i'm already making the alice and felix <laughs> argument alice over pe- again where i'm like hey abby steiner you're two four come on Florida yeah Islands, let's do this
1: yeah so in the 200 it's been a great battle this year with her in favor of feely who runs for lsu and represents nigeria um and she got the better of her in the in the two well i guess in the in the one as well but and she got the collegiate record. Ophelia had the collegiate record. So you have the two fastest women in in history this year um, going at it. What was the four x four split? 40 eight nine, nine. Yeah. Which I I think she had split faster at USA or not USA at SECs, but my God, that was. I mean, it looked insane too because she, she was, was on third leg and twenty five meters back or something like that. Yeah, and she was chasing down not the strongest <laughs> of legs of everybody else, but. Dude, who who cares? It was crazy impressive. I think so. My co-host on the Flow Check po- podcast, Gordon, has been like like bought like Steiner stock, like super early. Yeah. Like like three years ago, he was telling me about it. And then as soon as he had access to a microphone, or anytime he had access to a microphone, which is too often in my opinion. Just kidding. Um, uh, he just would talk about it. Hey, right? this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. So he's like, Oh yeah, I told you guys it was coming. And He's ready to put her in the world championship. You know, she's going to contend for medals and she's going to be, you know, winning diamond leagues and stuff this year. I'm just like, all right, that's possible. Yeah. It's not crazy.
0: That's that's not (laughs) crazy,
1: but let's pump the brakes because let's go back and remember Richardson from 2019. Yeah. You know, let's Uh, go back.
0: Every other collegian. Yeah.
1: Pretty much every other collegian. There's been some exceptions, but you remember, I mean, Cambria Sturgis Um, last year ran in it was wind aided so it didn't get as much attention but she ran really well at the NCAA in the sprints you know and then USA's come and it's a different different story that happens so much I don't know what the success rate is overall and whether it varies by event group but I think she's going to have an awesome career I I have no idea what's going to happen in 20 this year though like the most mysterious part of her career is this year, in my opinion. I think beyond this year, we'll you know we'll know because she'll have a pro pro schedule. But going through that much of a season, that long of a season, um, we don't know what what she's gonna have left.
0: No, I think that's a great point because yeah, just based on performance, she's been the best 200 meter runner in the world this year. Like, stop, <laughs> like done. That's that's the case. Like she's just been better than everybody else. Um, but. A different schedule, it's a different timeline. Um, it's a lot of other things. She's been, you know, she ran indoors, she's been running non stop. We've seen it happen to so many col- uh, collegiate athletes. She, mm. you know, she ran 2180 <laughs> again, kind of perfect conditions, but whatever 2180 That's that was crazy impressive. Um, and that can win, that'll win you a, a medal <laughs> most of the time. Um, so I, I think it's certainly on the table. Like, I'm I'm definitely buying all the stock. Like I think, I, I think I pick. I'm picking her to make the final. I'm not picking her to win a medal at this point. Just oh, too see, much.
1: But 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 you on the team? What's that? You ever on the team though? When oh yeah, it, absolutely. You talking about worlds. No, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, I have her on the team.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think she'll make the world final. I think she's that good. Um, I just you know it, even the slightest bit of planning your season uh you know to peak in june versus a couple months later that's you know could be the difference maker and and you know she could flame out at the trials and like that wouldn't mean any that she's not like yeah. going to be incredible next year um it's just i i think i think she is that kind of talent and i think yeah she could do something so i mean the only person i fit you know gabby thomas obviously is great um and, and you, you know she's gonna make the team clearly other than that in the u.s you know britney brown's really good
1: yeah yeah uh, R- richardson I mean, richardson
0: yeah yeah it uh, yeah, i guess it depends yeah, what richardson does she hasn't uh you know yeah. i wonder if yeah i guess she will run the double i don't know yeah yeah um, she said she was she said she is okay yeah um so yeah i mean that's that's a that's tough that's top three that's that's not the easiest thing to make um but uh, yeah i do i do think she's gonna i do think she'll make the team all
1: uh, right do some math for me here ready yeah do you have calculator or your brain. Yep, using it's the brain. addition, so it's gonna See be tough. What eight. Okay. Plus seven. Fifteen. All right, that's all. Nailed it. I told you it's fifty. No, uh, plus one. Sixteen. Plus one. Seventeen. Plus. Hold on. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen.
0: Thirty.
1: Plus eight. Thirty-eight. Plus. Hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What are we at? 43. No, forty-eight? Forty-eight. Sorry. Jeez, come on, man. Okay, I was
0: losing track. There's so many.
1: Guess what number that is.
0: How many races she's run this year?
1: Yeah, includes re- includes relays, includes prelims, but she's run 48 times. In indoors two. as well. Yep. But yeah, 48 yep. times between what February and now? Like that's that's a lot of races. January 21st. Oh, okay. No, sorry, January... No, actually, they went to last season. December 11th, she ran a three hundred, And then it starts in January. So basically, she's been going since December 11th. And and NCAAs that's, was on June 11th. That's a lot. Yeah. So in six months, she's run 48 times, raced 48 times. Yeah. I mean, again, just to underscore the point, we don't know. We don't know. And I'm, yeah, I'm more...
0: Close to that's basically twice a week for six seven months.
1: Yeah, except it's not because it was like a bunch of them were pre- all. On yeah, the no, obviously,
0: 11. yeah, that's that's put you know that's extending it and I'll, you know yeah, how much do sixties take out of you and stuff, but still,
1: yeah, a lot of warm ups and cool downs like on you know because she ran the hundred, the two hundred, the four by one, the four by four. I guess she didn't run, she didn't run four by four prelims though. So there's mixing and matching, but it's just it's just hard to keep going for that. For that long, but when you run twenty one eight, when you run ten nine, the potential is is there. I'm excited to see what Ophelia does too. Like, don't don't count her out because she had a great season too. She was sub twenty two. So if yeah. if, you're, if you're staying, Steiner's a, a metal threat. Ophelia's definitely in the in the picture. Yeah, so, and I, I
0: just think I'm full like Steiner. You know, for the future and stuff too. Like, I, I think she's just that kind of athlete. So, and that's the kind of people I try to pick to break. You know, the the kind of get past that ncaa lull um but some really great athletes had that you know like fred Curley, like fell you know fell apart yeah. and there's so many that are just it's a really long year it's a, it's
1: a lot what if i told you that ophelia was three years younger than steiner holy crap then yeah, run. That's... she's 19 and ran 21.96. <sighs> yeah that's pretty crazy
0: so i didn't realize it was that big of an age gap for sure
1: yeah i so. think <clears throat> sophomore and senior i don't know, everything got screwed up because of the covid year and everything so yeah everybody is running or they're not one of the two all right uh yeah that was a big one uh man what do you think
0: if he could learn to start
1: that's just we just say the same thing every time i mean he
0: looks like he's running through sand for the first 10 meters like it's it's kind of comical it really like it's just like oh my god he's so far back he's not even you know you don't have your eyes focused on him yeah. Because he's not in the race. And then it's just the last, you know, 30, 40 meters of the 100. And he's got that weird kind of back and forth gait, too. Um, So he's super recognizable.
1: Back and forth. I mean, I think everybody runs with their legs back and forth. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I like, know, it I know seems like
0: thing. he's... It's almost like the way, like, a running back runs. Like, where it seems like he's, like, shifting left and right more. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, he just—I mean—if he could start at all, yeah, he would, he, this would be a guy we'd be like, okay, well, he's you know, I mean, he already is amazing. Well, people and are
1: saying he has the best top end they've ever seen.
0: I, yeah, I mean, it's it's Boltian for sure. Yeah, um, better than Bolt. That's a high bar, and I don't know. Maybe there's numbers that say that, but um, I, he he's he's got that kind of ceiling. I don't know if you know. I we gotta get Otto on here and be like, hey. How do you fix Joe family start?
1: Yeah. This one didn't look as bad. Like, there's ones that have definitely it looked... It didn't look great, though. Right. Well, and he's going against the best competition, too. So, it's more understandable to be behind. It's just when you see the results when he's running against just, like, a regular meet in April. Yeah. <laughs> and he's behind. It's just, like, whoa, okay, that one was a lot worse. Yeah, they've worked on it. I think it's just...
0: And some guys are just not good starters.
1: Like yeah, he's just, he's he's a bigger guy. too. Yeah. I think mean, that's that's like Bolt, part of it. Bolt wasn't a great starter. You know, he's the yeah, best ever. Yeah. But like it's so you got to double down on your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses. That's that's what yeah. it's all about. If it, it would be, I've said this a million times, it would be less fun if he was better at it, though.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, man, if he was, I mean, and it matters a little less in the 200, and he's been better in the 200, which makes all the sense in the world based yeah. on how he runs. Um, but you know, could still cut back a little bit on that. Like he ran, he just ran 198. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he could be a 197 guy, and and he might already be. You know, get him in the right race.
1: I think he's. I mean, he already made the Olympic final last year. But yeah, you if you figure, okay, all four Americans are going to come to play, and then you got let's just throw DeGrasse in there. Yep. Like if you look at, I'm looking at the top. What is this? The top. Let's just go top 15 times of the year so we have repeat performances in there right right of the top 15 of the year which gets you to josephus lyles at a 2003 you know rye benjamin's in there some other people are in there coleman's in there norman's in there so some people who aren't going to run the 200 this is actually a perfect encapsulation of the 200 <laughs> yeah. because it's like all these people aren't going to run it but of those 15 times it's uh, americans and fanbile who represents liberia so he's gonna finish really well, like really high up in this, yeah. in these world championships. I mean, there's a chance. Like if you sort it by just, okay, so it's Knighton, Lyles, Curley. You figure they're gonna be there. Norman's probably not gonna be there. Yep. Fa- Fanfoulay is gonna be there. Coleman probably not gonna be there. Bowling would have to make the team. So yeah, let's just which... let's just say for the sake of argument, he you know he does make the team, right? Hmm. Um. Then the next guy who could compete with Fonville, because you get the four Americans in, right?
0: Yeah, because then ben and Eric's not in,
1: right? King's not in, Benjamin's not in. Would be Jerome Blake, who's run twenty oh four. So Fonville is two tenths faster than him.
0: Yeah, and DeGrasse, obviously, like you said, we already mentioned him. But yeah, it's yeah, the Americans are, are really really good. And then there's
1: Fonville. <laughs>
0: what the hell? Yeah, it, yeah, it's not not a lot. Um,
1: like a bronze would. Surprise me less than a sixth, seventh, or eighth place finish from Fole this year, I think he would get a bronze for sure,
0: yeah, it seems possible. I mean <clears throat> Knight and Lyle seem like a clear one two, and then it's curly, and maybe generic if he can get there and vanbley like I'd put them I'd put you know them kind of in the same category I think
1: yeah i think I mean bronze is a tall order but I think he, he you just need, he needs one of i guess two of the Americans to screw up and then everybody else to run the way that they've been running basically.
0: And maybe not even screw up. I mean like if if Fambale's yeah, runs 1974 that. maybe just one. one yeah, it's two. like it's like okay that seems about right for Curly and it seems you know or whatever so
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Trey Cunningham 13 flat in the hurdles which would have been the top hurdle performance we talked about <laughs> until Devin Allen ran 1284. Yeah. Rough timing on that. And then for all you Steeple fans out there, Courtney Wayman of BYU smashed the collegiate record. We don't have a collegiate record song. Nine sixteen.
0: In r- the- raining too, and
1: it was raining that day. It, was
0: it? Wasn't it? Didn't it? It looks miserable out when I watched the video of it. Am I crazy?
1: Um, let's see. I'm going to do the weather report. <laughs> there's no miserable weather. Well, you're right. It does. Yeah, there's water on the track. Yep. Yeah, think about the shins, Kevin. Think about the shins. Very true. Okay, what else? We did New York. We did NCAAs. I mean, we're not going to go into every NCAA race. It's just we'd be here. We'd be here forever. The 15 was tactical. You'd have loved it. The 800 was won by the guy who used to have have the world lead until today when Bargain ran 143. So now we got another. We don't have a collegiate running a world lead in April and it holding. So there's that. That's a plus. Uh,
0: I think that's, yeah. Yeah, 143, 20-year-old. That's... Yeah. All right. We got something.
1: Yeah. There's a movement growing above people disgruntled and wanting to get rid of the 800 at World Champs. We're going to have to have a <laughs> meeting when we're at Worlds. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Email time? Yes. Run at gmail.com, the email address. All right. Let's start first with... Uh, Dave from L.A., formerly from Palo Alto, Fort Smith, Arkansas, before that. Dickinson, North Dakota, and Bethesda, Maryland, even further back. I'm bringing a hot take on Carson Warholm and the men's formula hurdles at Worlds. This year's men's formula hurdle final could be even more fun than last year. Okay, no. <laughs> Will it reach? I mean, you want to say yes.
0: I mean, that would be amazing, but um, I, I, guess, I, I guess I should listen. I'm sorry, Dave.
1: Please. Will it reach the heights of that record, smashing the Olympic final? No, of course not. But what it may lack in anticipation and speed, it will more than make up for it in suspense, drama, surprise, and potential feel good stories about overcoming injuries or younger runners rising to the occasion. Think David Rodisha's win in the men's 800 at Rio 2016 after being off the circuit for basically four years. Think the Warriors returned to the NBA Finals after two years in the wilderness following Clay and KD going down. Think my high school sophomore year when I came back from hitting a tree while skiing to finish sixth in the entered finals at the Arkansas Outdoor State Championships.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't consider that.
1: Um, one more sober on a more sober note. If Carson remains hurt in July, will he still come to Eugene to get a beer with us at the Wild Duck? So I don't have his contact info. I got his agent's info. Uh, yeah, I, I could reach out. I'll just say that.
0: Yeah, uh, standing to invite Carson, whether you're you can compete or not um
1: it's a long flight just to go yeah we
0: we want you there we'll buy all your beers don't worry about it whatever you whatever you get you can drink
1: do you think it would be it would be pretty cool though if he couldn't run and he showed up anyway and got an awesome seat and just heckled them like oh forty 46.8 <laughs> cool yeah wow <laughs> wait till i get out here just fly all the way from or just be on his phone the entire time
0: just wearing just, his olympic gold medal
1: yeah that would be great. That would be a great moment in track history.
0: That would be incredible. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I get what he's trying to say and I appreciate, you know, the the optimism there, the take. Yeah. It's but it's He's wrong. gonna
1: he's gonna be there, so he wants to believe that it's yeah. gonna be awesome. No, I, I yeah, I, I
0: desperately want him to be there and I, I you know I just think Yeah, you're right. Like with, with Warholm, there's a certain inevitability to it. And so yeah. you can say, Hey, that takes away some of the fun, right? Knowing who's gonna win. And I I get that, but also when an athlete's that good and exciting, it's Mm. never, you know, it's fun not to have him there. Um, But, you know, the Dos Santos-Benjamin-Squaring, like, it's not to say this event won't be good. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, that that could still be incredible. Um, And, you know, like I said, I'm certainly not counting Warhol out yet. But, uh, yeah. It could be,
1: yeah. It's it's not going to be, depending on what happens with him. It could go from guaranteed to be great to anywhere from good to eh.
0: yeah. And, and the thing with, I mean, we haven't like seen finally, Benjamin
1: in a while either. Yeah, that's and that's
0: part of it too. But even going in, there still was even during the race last year, there was the possible. I was like, is Benjamin gonna take him? Like around the yeah, final yeah, turn, yeah. like it was that that wasn't a foregone conclusion. So it's like you even had that little bit of I'm not sure what's going to happen with yeah. the fastest times ever like like that's just it's an impossible bar
1: yeah 100 percent. all right let's go oh vanessa of dc formerly of rochester new york drink writes in she's a history professor at georgetown and long time so much smarter than us long time emailer of the pod yeah we could not get into georgetown just for the no
0: maybe for a basketball game like
1: that's probably it yeah like hey john thompson what's up i've been to RIP, one of the greats. Yes, absolutely. Great, great. If you want to read an awesome autobiography, read John Thompson's autobiography. Oh, I've heard.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's great. Actually, I should. Yeah,
1: you would like it because it's a lot of obviously a lot of the formation of of the big. I mean, his life was insane. Just like the the people whose paths he crossed, and just. When he was at the center of all these pivotal historical moments, it was it was incredible. And also, you'll like it from from the basketball perspective because some of those early Big East stories are are fascinating. But just a just an amazing figure. Anyway, um, she's going to teach a new course on pilgrimage, and while the class will mainly focus on the practice of medieval pilgrimage. We're also going to explore what pilgrimage means in a modern and often secular context. In my class prep, I came across this interesting article on Priest Rock and the various rituals yeah. surrounding this particular site or shrine. It's pretty long, but I thought you'd enjoy it ahead of visiting Eugene in July. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. So we got this uh, PDF. What was this from? 38 pages. It's, well, it's too long for Jason. This I'll read it to you. How about that? Perfect. That's done. Uh, I actually wrote this because uh, I've been up there several times. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been there. last well, five bunch. pages
0: or notes too, so you know you got okay. Do,
1: good, you know. It's all just interviews with you on a uh, flight.
0: Um, this is my, my read on the flight.
1: I go save it, bookmark yeah. it. Um, if folks want this, I can uh, download and pass it along. Um, yeah, those of you who haven't been there, uh, go there when you're in, in Eugene. I love the I love the
0: the, the pil- uh, pilgrimage, Ooh, wow. Um, thought too, like that is I, I like you know I love those kind of thoughts in the like you said like kind of the secular context where it's just like, hey, this thing mm-hmm. like that you've just always wanted to do and it's like this like kind of you know it's a bucket list item basically right like it's just like hey I've always wanted to see this thing
1: or yeah this Rig- thing, Wrigley for you
0: yeah no hundred percent first time I, went, I mean when's the I first time you went to Wrigley? Um, I was you're pretty old right. Yeah, um, I was thirteen.
1: Okay, never mind. I thought it was after college.
0: No, yeah. So I was, you know, wasn't wasn't young though. I mean, for being born there and going there all the time, but we would, um, yeah. N- never did it, you know, as a kid, kid. Um, but that was still like an all time moment for me. And yeah, I, I love those kind of kind of things. What's
1: another? What's a pilgrimage that you would like to make? <sighs> that's a great. That yeah, that's yet. a
0: great question. I was just trying to think of like what would be the. Oh a a big one for me is uh playing St Andrews in Scotland. Basically where golf was invented. I
1: that's a, that be, okay, that's a golf course, all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this, you know, that's where they usually play the uh, the British Open or the Open Championship. Now, um, do you leave something there when you go like mm. a, a token? That's a good that's a good point. I might have to might have to do something like that.
1: St Andrews, huh? Okay.
0: What about you? What would be a
1: I don't know. I'm trying to think of a spot I'd like to go to, either sports or non-sports. I mean, there's all those, like, there's, like, the bucket list places I want to go to. But that, that doesn't ri- rise to the level of pilgrimage, I don't think. Yeah. so
0: that's why it's not St. Andrews because it's like, hey, this is where golf was, like, created. And then to go and play yeah, golf there. Like, that, that seems pilgrimage-y to me.
1: Yeah. I can't. I did hear on the radio out here in austin that there's a new art installation that's from the collection of tony parker and for a second <laughs> i thought wait is there an art like an artist named tony parker that would be a hilarious coincidence but no
0: it's it literally player, huh? it's
1: like his it's called like heroes and Vi- i mean it's probably pretty cool actually i don't yeah, know yeah like,
0: i mean that would, that would not, be cool
1: i don't know it's called like the heroes and villains and then it's like spurs great tony parker i was like all right this is-
0: what if all the villains are just the people they played against in the finals
1: Okay, so I'm looking at it now.
0: And Kawhi Leonard, <laughs>
1: uh, San Antonio Museum of Modern Art, Tony Parker's heroes and villains, uh, a lineup of some of those popular figures produced by Marvel Comics and DC Comics, life-size sculptures of Teenage Mutant Ninja. Okay, so this isn't necessarily uh, historic art. So wait, he bought? Th- I don't even understand. Okay, yeah, it's just enormous sculptures of these people. So were these, like, in his house and he got them? Like, he gave them away? I don't know. I know he had a crazy house that he, like, sold.
0: I think I remember seeing, yeah, that when that was happening.
1: I had, like, 1,200 water slides or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't, like, a lot of sports venues just sort of change hands and aren't historical anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There are a few historical. I When I went to Duke for work and I went to Cameron Indoor. Obviously I'm not a huge Duke fan, but that was that was cool. That no, was cool that
0: yeah, me. that's a cool one. Um
1: All the like stuff do, in doing D- some sort of
0: doing like Kenya, some sort of running thing out there.
1: Yeah, but there's not like a specific spot yeah. that I would that I would need to go to. I mean that would be that would be obviously incredible. I mean, I'd like to go to, to Jamaica, but there's not like one singular site of, okay, yeah. you got to go here to see it um dc obviously because i'm into history i mean i saw most of that when i was there for a summer so that checked a lot of boxes for me but i need to think about it more yeah send in
0: send in your uh your here's what happens
1: guys here's what happens when i'm gonna do a, a sentence to start with when you have kids jason when you have kids, you think more about well, what do I want my kids to see?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yourself.
1: I respect that. That's yeah. uh, like yeah. I want, yeah, you know. And then you start planning around, like, oh, they should see one of you know this, or they should go to this place. And then you understand why. You when you're younger, your parents drag drag you a lot, around a lot of places, and they're all super excited about it, and you may not be. I would they,
0: say, and then you don't get, you know, yeah, that's the thing is, and there's stuff while like, it's you know you see as kids, and you're just as a kid, and you're like. Bored, because you have the attention span yeah. of a child, and that's, yeah, yeah. you know, of course. And now there's stuff I'd be like, oh, I'd appreciate that so much more now. Yeah. Um, there's a
1: lot of s- things I've read about in books, historically, that I'd want to go see. But, I mean, just because of the way history works, a lot of it's the site of terrible things.
0: Mm, so it's yeah. to
1: call it, like, a pilgrimage is more just, I'd want to see it. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Yeah. On that light note, let's go to Dan from Chicago. Yeah. Speaking of Chicago. Long time, 31st time, I'm writing about an idea for a non-athletic track Hall of Fame. Hear me out. We all know the impressive performance and careers. But what about the lesser athletes who nevertheless had an impact on the sport in the sense that they influenced the athletes that followed them? I'm thinking less Dick Fosbury and more Tinman Elite. My nominee would be Michelle Jenneke, the Australian high hurdler who captured our hearts and minds as a junior with her smiling, bouncing antics at the start line. I feel like not a meet goes by now where I don't see a female athlete total line do the exact same thing, including elites. That's an impressive impact. I hope one day we'll be able to talk Jimmy Gressier's cross-country finish line antics uh, the same way. But so far, he seems to be a one-of-one. Who would you nominate to the non-athletic track Hall of Fame? I'll hang up and listen to my answer. Uh, PSF Scoover ever upset the Diamond League song? I think Blake Jerome could be a worthy success. Yeah, there you go. Or he did Aaron Brown. He did, he did he didn't Aaron Brown. Do, yeah, yeah. He didn't but that,
0: do, Yeah, that would have worked too.
1: Yeah, but I guess he's doing Blake Jerome just because he got Edward Alonso. Yeah, he did it back. Edward. Yeah, he did the. I would nominate an athlete who had really awesome, was unique, both post race and pre race, and sometimes as athletes. Antics, as Dan says. Antics? Does he use the word antics? Yeah, for Jimmy Gracia. Oftentimes were more noteworthy than the run himself. And I'm talking about a man I would like to nominate for this Hall of Fame by the name of Usain St. Leo Bolt. <laughs> Little known
0: things that he pulled off.
1: <laughs> he, his, his, his celebrations were... I mean, Lyle's... I think is underrated in terms because he he saw Bolt having fun at the start line and other people did that stuff too. Don't get me, I still remember Bernard Williams doing the like rock eyebrow at the start line. Yeah, and thinking that was super cool. But Lyles has done some stuff. Maybe I'm only just thinking of really good athletes now, so this is defeats the purpose. But like Warholm screaming really loud. Yeah. And then, then I was thinking of Ke-
0: I was thinking of Kemboy too, the, the finishing yeah, and, and so. the stuff like that, and but he's also the greatest steeplechaser ever so it's like it takes away from that a little bit
1: well you know who would go in this i think it was willie banks who invented the rhythmic clap mm. in, the, in the triple jump that would be so wow
0: that's perfect well done i i did not know who who yeah i did not know the name of of that person so that's awesome
1: yeah willie banks uh all, one of the all-time greats but i think he started it so it would be someone i think yeah, that, like that's that. perfect right there yeah yeah who has a now he would go and get in on his own merits just to be clear but um,
0: but yeah I'm trying to think of like you know I think you could still be a good athlete but not I'm trying not to pick one of the best athletes ever at the same mm-hmm. time um, I mean
1: pace lights change in the game can we induct them no that's
0: a good point really good how much is good really good pacers you know go get some Bram Som just throw them in there it's like, yeah. the way it's supposed to be done Yeah. Um, that's a good question and one, I feel like the email is will answer better than us because they'll be like, "Hey, I have the perfect one."
1: Right on. All right, we'll leave so, it there. Yeah,
0: send in, send in the nominations for the non-athletic performances
1: Hall of Fame. Yeah, but done by, but athletes. done by, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, so Zach, hold on. Zach sent in this video. You'll have to click it over. He's making he's making a joke about how uh, El Bacali's like how big Al flag was after winning uh, the Diamond League in Rabat. Oh, okay. Um, so this won't work no. that well on a visual medium, but he says it would too big for Andre the Giant. So <laughs> if you go to eight minutes on this, and you could find the Al Bacali-Rabat Diamond League race. So after the race, someone hands him a flag, which looks like, oh, my gosh, this thing is massive. It's like a bed sheet. Yeah, this thing Yo. is, or like a robe. The, and the guy keep oh, and then they give up because it's too big and then he just decides to lay down on the track and I don't think they want to put the flag like over him on oh the my track because that would be yeah. weird. Yeah, that is a massive Moroccan flag. Also, I never knew he just laid straight down on the track <laughs> like this. Like he's face down. Yeah, they should have like just l- covered
0: him with the flag. <laughs> just Yeah, this is it. some rest. He, he earned you, it.
1: You've given all you have to give. All right, check out that video. That's good. Uh, while good. we're talking about videos, I think there was another video. Oh, from Alicia in London. Not sure if you've been following Anita Walarchek's story. Someone tried to steal her car, and she chased them down and has subsequently injured herself so is out for the season. Anita is the four-time world, four-time European, three-time Olympic champion, world record holding a women's hammer. Her competition record is nuts and stretched all the way back to 2009 Berlin. How many Berlin World Champs are still competing? So then she sends along a tweet about the injury. I guess there's no video here. Um, it's just tweets. About what happened to her. Um, first of all, don't steal things from a professional athletes. That sucks that she yeah. got hurt. Because if you're like, "Hey, someone's going to get hurt here," it's going to end up being the person committing the crime. And at yeah, least you ask, the right
0: end of this story is her grabbing the guy by the legs
1: and hammer spinning him.
0: around and throwing him.
1: Yeah, she says, "What are your thoughts?" I don't like it. If you're a professional athlete, would you take a risk like this while still highly competitive? Yes, because I think instinct kicks up, it kicks in. And
0: that's the thing is, I think you're like you are this super competitive and insanely in shape person, and you're just like, yeah. really, you're going to try to steal my stuff? Well, so like, you're also you know.
1: a hum- you're also a human being, and you're just thinking. You don't think about being an athlete. Maybe you're just like pissed that someone's trying to steal your car. And yeah, like, I need to stop this person from stealing my car so i think you become less of an athlete actually even though you're more equipped than the average human being uh to perhaps deal with it i'm I'm translating this tweet um here as well so she got a muscle injury she said anyway yeah that's tough that's tough um we got another one from alicia let me see
0: although she says after the career i think mma fights so oh, that's and she's, then she's got a little muscle thing. So, And she's flexing in the picture, which.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She could destroy.
0: She's one mil- of
1: you. You look at the all time list, it's crazy. Anyway, another one. Long email incoming. We started this last week. Like I read that part of it last week, I remember. Uh, those right. of us who tweet <laughs> along to athletics meets have been tweeting and com- commenting on athletics meets for a while now, and it ain't good news. I think that recent world events have got people really uh, noticing the lack of diversity, age, gender, nationality, and race. In the game of commentary, despite athletics probably being the most diverse sport out there, I think this has been exacerbated. Do a lot of us hearing commentary from the world feed now. The same YouTube stream goes to so many countries where we used to get more country-specific commentary directly to our TV a few years back. Name mispronunciation is also a massive thing I see being discussed now, too. The apparent dwindling popularity of the sport has led people... analyze the potential factors in this lack of interest it seems that bad commentary is pretty high up on that list to you how important is good commentary on a scale of one to ten does it affect your enjoyment of a meet especially a big high profile meet could you do without commentary at all will good commentary help to quote grow the sport on a more funny note did you see the faller faller at the start of the women's 800 rebat? the commentary commentator referred to the pushing at the start of the race as bumping and grinding which was (laughs) in the u.s that would ain't nothing wrong Yes, which was very funny indeed. He, of course, meant bumping and barging, or argy-bargy. Um,
0: yeah, that's the way to do another it. Another gem from
1: bargy. Rabat was a commentator referring to a 357 women's fifteen hundreds not particularly quick. What? <laughs> uh, for <laughs> Tokyo, us Brits had to endure you commentary, which was...
0: Put things to a Kipiagon standard. I think that's the problem right there.
1: Yeah, which was very ageist and outdated. Anyone above the age of twenty-eight seemed to be at their last major championship or winding down their career. In quotes, it was bizarre and definitely affected enjoyment. As a lot of the time, it was just negative. The standards are low when such people are chosen to commentate on the Olympic Games. Having said all of the above, shout out to the commentators who always get it right. You can stay forever. Keen to hear your thoughts. That's Alicia. I mean, I got a lot of thoughts here. I don't. I could do a whole pod. I'm sure you do. I yeah, I, I could I do a whole pod. And on you're this. an
0: announcer. Yeah, sort of. So I have no doubt. I'll do a quick thing, and then you go as as long as you, as long as you choose. Um, I think yeah, commentator can make a huge a huge difference. Like it's it's a really good commentator first of all. Like you know, especially when you get that that excitement and just the way. And sometimes it's hard to tell what's going on, on the track. Things people are on the back end, and you're if there's a cut cl- like it, it's it's the information you can get, but also just like kind of setting the mood can really swing it a lot. And she's right. Like certain you know when it's just like. I'm mean, bad commentary, such a you know, bl- nothing term, but like when it's just like you know, it's not done well, it absolutely affects my enjoyment of it. So, like, I think, I think, uh, yeah, no, I think she's dead on.
1: I think, in general, you know, having good video there is always going to be more important than the commentary, Like, if you had to choose the two, but in a case where it's like yes. the Olympics, where you assume everything's coming through clean. It's tough because you got these different audiences that you're catering to. And when you have a smaller meet, like a diamond league, you expect it to be more specific and more knowledgeable because you're talking directly to track fans. Now it's not usually communicated like that though. I think a lot of times is it's not specific enough. Um, and then you go to the Olympics and obviously they're going to make things a bit broader. So I don't know. I mean, You know we're watching the NBA finals right now, and a lot of people complain about the commentary there, and they're watching it though because they want to see the game. And I think the people, the people who complain about uh, or don't like the commentary are the people who are the biggest fans probably because they're able to notice a lot of the mistakes in it. When it comes to saying things like 357 not being fast, a non-track fan wouldn't pick up on; they would just believe them, which is part of the problem why you can't say that but you're <laughs> yeah. right the Kippigan standard but with the name is mispronunciation most people won't
0: know but correct
1: yeah. correct and i think those people like me like i'm gonna watch regardless um it is very hard as someone who's done commentary the nature of track and field does not make it easy with last minute scratches yeah. with not now this is i'm not talking about the olympics because i've never commentated the olympics and i'm never going to commentate the olympics unless a couple things change. And they never be- say never. But in a lot of meets, because you hear commentators say this, oh, that is that the pacer? I don't-. And it's not because they didn't do prep. A lot of times, the nature of track is everything's rushed, everything's last minute, there's 40 things going on. It's different than calling a soccer game or a basketball game or, or a football game. Um, so that's tough. You know, the difference in... Commentary by country is interesting because the the example she brings up is a funny the bumping and grinding versus bumping and barging. But even in the United States, we wouldn't would we say bumping and barging? No. Right.
0: We, yeah, barging would be, but like, yeah, but we also wouldn't say bumping and grinding for sure. Oh yeah, we um, we would
1: stay away from that. We'd just say bumping, or we'd say jostling. I mean, yeah, there's a
0: it, lot of yeah jostling probably. Yeah,
1: and there's a lot of that that happens where there's specific terms. And, and, and her, again, her example is like a light one, but there's ones that are more serious where in one country or one culture, it's like acceptable to say one thing. Yeah. And in another one, it's not. And even when it comes down to things like specific words and phrases where it has an entirely different uh, connotation. Yeah. In, in a, in a different country. um, So. listen it's um it's tough. people gotta do better um they gotta put the work in to get the n- i've mispronounced names we mispronounced names on the show I've mispronounced names oh yeah I'm in more com- than you it doesn't it doesn't come from a place of um disrespect or lack of caring. It's just um a part of the sport being as she mentioned being so geographically diverse it's tough but like I try – like when I do commentary, I try, to, I try to go through every single name beforehand. So yeah. that way I have a chance to sound it out and figure it out. But if you're doing a meet that's – and the Diamond Leagues aren't really like this because they're shorter and there's fewer names. But all the meets I've called have, for the most part, have been a lot longer. You know, through the course of eight hours, you're going to come across something that throws you off. And it's tough to get every single thing um, – Right. I don't know about the changes. She's talking about how it used to be more region-specific, and now it's world feed commentary. Um, And listen, I mean, we're we're the most – you and I are the most represented group, like white male distance runner-oriented when it comes to commentary. That's, you know, the – the, the main group that's represented, not just in commentary, but in, in terms of track and field media. That's the main group of people that are in there, um, mm. at least in the United States, right? They're coming coming from that that background. Um, so I, I totally understand what she's talking about there. I just don't, I mean, I want commentary. When she says, could you do without any commentary at all? No, no I want commentary, but also... When she says, "Will commentary help to grow the sport?" I'm not sure because you can be you can be saying everything wrong, but being really excited. Some people love it, some people hate it, and then the opposite can be true. You can be saying everything right, but in the wrong tone of voice, and then some people are going to love it, and then some people are going to hate it. It's it's really a a tough. You say, "Well, why don't you do both?" And That's the goal for most people, but the reality of it is uh is is complex i think um and then the last major championship winding down their career um and being negative i think m- my experience watching i used to always watch the bbc stuff like a long time ago i think you did too right which is where we found our our guy ortisela yeah. um they're a lot more direct just in how they speak right yeah like they'll, and, so I kind of love
0: it, but yeah.
1: Well, they'll do the trackside interview with the athlete who got fifth and didn't make the final. That's pretty rare in the U.S. And then they'll say, "Well, what went wrong?" Now you can yeah, also unless say, they're
0: the most famous athlete, that does not happen in the U.S. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you can also say, "All right, well, Kevin, Jason, you guys are being ridiculous." Like BBC, there's all those videos of them like jumping up and down, right, cheering for Jessica Ennis or whoever, and and being way too uh, invested in the athletes and not playing it straight. But I think they have. They,
0: I love that too. I don't even care if it's homerism like. Well,
1: they bounce on both sides is what I'm saying. Yeah. Whereas in the US in general, it's a little more buttoned up. It's a little, you know, they're obviously going to feature American athletes more and and talk them up, but it's not a it's called more down the line, I would say. Maybe people can point to some other examples where that's not true, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I
0: kind of prefer more of like, give, give me the more personality, give me more. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like, don't get me wrong. I, I you know, I love a Jim Nance or whatever. Like, that's very soothing and, and fun and good and whatever. If you want to go like, to sleep. I don't
1: know. No, just kidding. What's that? If you want to go to sleep.
0: Yeah. Know. No, but I mean, honestly, but it's like, okay. Yeah. He's classically good. Like, Vince Scully is, you know, great. But like, I also love like the, the passion. And that's, you know, I think like when she mentioned some of the other feats from other countries, like, we, we've done it a few times over the years, you know, just like, I and I can't remember which race it was, but the everyone got off to a good start, and then yeah, yeah. just scream like you know, just the excitement, and like that's you know a, a regionally specific in like where they're so invested, yeah, in these guys, and like that is the to me like the pin like that's the most fun thing in the entire world, and I get you can't do that during the Olympics, yeah, you know that's it's not realistic, but I absolutely love stuff like that where it's just like these people are living and dying with this race mm-hmm. and it's, it, it doesn't have to be buttoned up. Like I kind of want, you know, I want the emotion there. And that's what I, I think having, you know, a lot of times you have whatever, you know, two guys in the booth or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and that's what you're going to usually have. But I do like when it's, you know, you have someone who has expertise. I think, um, Otto does a great job, you know, especially with the sprints. Yeah. Like he's so knowledgeable mm-hmm. with that stuff. And it's like, and you get other people in there too who are who are you know c- can bring the same kind of thing. Like I love those those people who can give you the kind of insights that you're you know because I, I you can watch a hundred meter race that yeah takes ten seconds or, or eleven seconds it's it's not a lot to it but like they, there's so much more information there and that those that's where to me um you know it really shines.
1: Well, and that's what I want more of. I want the information, especially with these smaller meets. You don't need to pretend like I've never watched a track meet before. Nobody's stumbling on a Diamond League meet at 1 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Hey, yeah. Hey, come over here, kids. Let's watch this Diamond League meet. You're talking to people who know the sport. So speak about it in that way. Now you could say, all right, well, maybe the people commentating don't have that ability. But usually if they're at that level, they have that that amount of experience and knowledge to where they can add something to it. At some of the minor meets, you know, sometimes you get people who literally don't know anything about track because there's just a, like, they have to put someone to commentate that meet, right? And that's, like, there was a the case of, I forgot, but there was some half marathon recently where someone either ran, someone ran insanely fast, might have broken the world record. And the person just was, like, reading off Wikipedia about, like, what a half marathon was, Oh, literally. I think Chavez oh flagged this at the time. And and listen that's obviously not good at all but also like who hired that person and why were they given yeah that and that's the thing they were put in a
0: position to fail yeah, yeah but it's still you know and that's where like again you you know someone it, you know Otto's a friend of the show i, I really like Otto and i think he he does a great job but also someone comes off and they run whatever you know they run and he, he will just immediately go, that is the third fastest time in history. This, And he's just, like, so pumped up about it yeah, because yeah. he actually gives a crap. Yeah. And it's not – he's not an announcer who was just hired for a job. It's like, no, he's, like – he loves track and field. Mm. And, like, he you could tell. And he knows so much about it. And, like, those kind of things, that's where – that's, you know, that that's kind of what, what I love about it.
1: Yeah. No, all good stuff. All good stuff. All right. We're going long. I know we were going to read, read Marshalls, but la- – we said that last week, but – We'll push it again. We also got one from Brian in Port Angeles. And then we got one from our old friend Nick, who we ran with yeah, last time in nice. Eugene. And it starts with the story of us running and seeing Phil Knight. Uh, well, you were riding a bike. But anyway. That's true. Yep. Well, I'll save those ones for for next time when we will preview USA's next week, Jace. And then I'm going to be Holy crap. on a plane. Yeah. So, yeah. hay, hay is in the barn. Well, I mean, we'll recap Diamond League too, but we'll preview uh, the old U.S. championships. So, thanks everybody for writing in. Alicia, thank you for writing in. Appreciate the thoughts. Uh, again, I could go for like the 40 more minutes on <laughs> commentary and track production and broadcast and stuff. But I will spare folks. That. Maybe that will be a spin-off pod in like three years. Oh, there we we'll go. do a special pod on that. Maybe one year when we're bored, which is every – I think we did this a little bit, didn't we? We just kind of went in random angles.
0: Of- Sometimes, yeah. During like a slower season, we would just, yeah, do a – yeah, whatever, you know. We did the pre-fontaine pre- versus without <laughs> limits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's I could a do dream a – stuff like that. I could do a whole three-hour pod on quote-unquote fixing track or growing track or broadcasting track. I mean it's kind of – there's a lot there. There's a lot there, and uh, it's a complex thing. Houserunnergmail.com at gmail.com is the email address. All right, that's it. That's it. We're done. Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. Again, send us your plans for Worlds or, or USAs, too. I'll be in town for USAs next week. Thanks uh, to everybody. Again, this has been fun, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Jessica Ennis. Good night. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, nothing.